0: Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. I drive, center field, hit the wall, Great slam! This is magnificent. Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy
1: becomes reality!
0: Now, here's Frank, Scott, Chris, and Adam. What's
1: going on, everybody? And welcome into Fantasy Baseball Today, presented by Express. Express Confidence. Express you. Express is all new and all about you with a fresh mix of casual, versatile, and super comfortable styles. More on their awesome variety later on in the podcast. Tuesday, July 20th. Frank Stanfield joined by Scott White. Today on the podcast, we've got... Some double dongs, some meaningful double dongs. Meet the Mets. They were mashing on Monday. Did you know? Have some fantasy fun facts specifically for you, Scott, and anyone else who's listening. And Team Name Tuesday. What's up, Scott? It's only been like, I don't know, three hours since we last talked. It hasn't been long enough. <laughs> you, you, you've
0: you said that a lot lately. Uh, Are you getting tired
1: of me, Scott? Um,
0: no. No, not at all. No, really. Not, not at all. Not at all. <laughs>
1: All right. I just had to make sure. Let's uh, <laughs> let's kick things off. Some uh, some of Monday's action. Oh, my good, goodness gracious.
0: All right. That wasn't, that wasn't convincing, was it? No, it I'm wasn't. Sorry. I'm like, all right, deep down. Scott's, I love you, Frank.
1: Scott's just <laughs> that he's enough? had enough.
0: Am I going far enough?
1: Scott's had enough. <laughs> all right. Uh, oh, my goodness gracious for you, Scott, from Monday.
0: Yeah. So let's, uh, let's talk about Mitch Garver. Mitchard as I like to call him, Mitch Garver, he came back. And he came back sporting, not that I saw it, but, you know, sounded like uh, he was speaking p- pretty openly about it. He, w- he came back sporting a Kevlar cup. He said it's, it's bulletproof. His new cup <laughs> is bulletproof. So, you know, just a reminder why he was injured, why he's been gone all this time had a little incident below the belt but now he's he's bulletproof down there and and he played like it in his first game back homered in both of his official at bats and uh his season numbers are not that great but it's worth reminding you especially coming off this splashy return that he was batting 281 with a 1017 OPS in June, really seemed like he was rounding back into 2019 Mitch Garver form. I don't know that will ever really get all the way back to 2019. That was a ridiculous season. But striking out 44.3% of the time in April. It was down to 24.7% of the time in May. And with an enormous walk rate. And he was hitting well. so uh, And then he comes back hitting two home runs. So very excited to see for a player who been a stud in the past and uh probably half your league could use a catcher so welcome back mitch garver with your new kevlar cup (laughs) always wear a cup
1: it's a lesson for you kids out there trying to play baseball and make it to the bigs mitch garver 50 percent rostered he was one of four players with a double dong on monday and i was getting a bunch of questions scott would you drop yadier molina for mitch garver Yes. I would do the same thing. I actually just made the change in my rankings because as soon as I said it on Twitter, someone called me out and said, well, your rankings don't say that. Well, you know, Mitch Garver just came back. Need a little time to update the rankings, everybody. But I would rather have Mitch Garver over uh, Yadier Molina. How about Mitch Garver versus Max Stassi?
0: Uh, Yes. Yes, I would say so. As much as we've been pumping Max Stassi here lately, and for good reason. His roster rate is still way too low, but... I would take the chance on Mitch Garver because I think, uh, honestly, I I, st- I know last year was terrible, and again, I know his season long numbers are not that good, but I I've been impressed enough from June first on from Mitch Garver that I still think his upside at the position it may be second to none. It may be second to none.
1: Well, is it second to Gary Sanchez? That's the last question for you, Garver or Sanchez? No.
0: I mean, it's possible Mitch Garver has more upside than Gary Sanchez, but I I, I do think that's, that's a line I can't cross in terms of who I add, who I drop. Really, I think it's six catchers. I'm just going top of mind here, so I may not have that number exactly right. But I think there are six catchers that are bulletproof, much like Mitch Garver's Kevlar Cup. And those catchers would be... I can't even name one of them now. The one for the Phillies, JT Real Muto. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's Real
1: Muto, Salvador Perez, uh, Wilson Contreras, Will Smith, Buster Posey, and Gary Sanchez.
0: Yes, those are the six. You got it, sir. Thank you.
1: So I updated the ranks, and I moved him up to nine. Just ahead of him, I have Max Stassi and Omar Nervaez. If you wanted to take the shot on uh, Garver, you think he has more upside I think I like Stassi a little bit more. You can make the argument, I think, pretty easily for Garver over Omar Narvaez, but I do think that one's pretty close. But he's already a top-ten catcher, so that just reminds you the state of the position. Mitch (laughs) Garver's back, and he's hitting dongs for the Minnesota Twins. You know who else was hitting dongs? The Mets. They hit seven home runs in Great American Ballpark on Monday and it helps when you're facing Vladimir Gutierrez, who is an extreme flyball pitcher. And of course, the, the Reds' bullpen is is very bad. So definitely helped out there. Uh, but that included Pete Alonso hit his 18th. Dom Smith hit his 10th. Dom Smith, very quietly, coming around here in July. Kevin Pillar hit his 9th. James McCann hit his 8th. Jeff McNeil hit his 4th. Nice to see. But the one I want to focus on here, Scott, is Michael Conforto, who hit two home runs in this game himself. He has eight hits, including four homers, over his last five games, and dare I say it, I think the buy-low window may have closed on Michael Conforto. What do you think?
0: Maybe. Maybe. It's still very recent, and it's not like he's been Juan Soto since returning from the All-Star break here. Pretty close. <laughs> I'm, I'm, Pretty I'm close sure. to it. <laughs> Juan Soto, so he had his fourth and fifth home run since the All-Star break. Sure. Uh, today, on, on Monday. That's in four games. In four games, Juan Soto has 47 and a half fantasy points in four games. So that's freaking amazing. I, I mean, Michael Conforto is still batting 217 with a seven eighteen OPS on the air, which mm-hmm. tells you just how how slow of a start, if we could even call it a start at this point. I know he missed time with injury, but it, it tells you how slow a start he was off to. I'm not sure that window has expired. I, I do consider him a buy low. I do think he he gets much much better from here. A lot of the underlying numbers are very similar to what he did last year. When I think he overachieved, but he's underachieving by just as much this year. So so yeah, I think making offers tonight might not be wise, but the next offer, yeah, I, I I think you could still buy low on Conforto. I'm trying to see how many fantasy points he has so far because forty-seven and a half is going to be tough to beat. Yeah. Um, but I'm having to go through a lot of rosters here. I'll get you an answer here soon. He's on one of my teams. Let me find that one.
1: No problem. Um, you mentioned Juan Soto, who, again, has five home runs in four games. He mentioned at the home run derby that this is sometimes something that can affect people's swings and hurt them no, in the second half.
0: Uh, five home runs in four games. Is that what you said? I believe so. That's what I have yeah, written not, down here. So I hope not that's four home runs in five games, five home runs in four games.
1: Correct for Juan Soto. And, and it seems yes. like the home run derby has kind of helped propel his power and got him back on track so nice to see that from juan soto of course no reason for concern conforto still the uh the surface numbers are not very good so continue to send out some offers if you can if no one's paying attention,
0: 27 points 26 points is all conforto scored since the all-star break child's play
1: (laughs) no one child's play
0: from that guy
1: no Juan Soto. Uh, the no. other one I wanted to mention here was Enrique Hernandez, Kike Hernandez, who might be uh, might be his name on on some providers. But he also had a double dong on Monday. In his last 18 games, he's batting 279 with seven homers, with more walks than strikeouts, and he's hitting a ton of fly balls during that stretch. Scott, so 43% rostered for Kike Hernandez. Not the most exciting player, but offers second base and outfield eligibility would you be looking to add Kike Hernandez anywhere
0: I mean if I would had a big enough need he seems like a fine hot hand to play that's all he is and that's all he ever has been and all he ever will be mm. but there's nothing wrong with doing that if 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 the need is there if you're considering Hernandez versus um I don't know who were some of those middle infielders we talked about yesterday Brendan Rodgers Nico Horner I like those guys more David Fletcher certainly
1: yeah All right. I did want to look up exactly what Dom Smith has done in July. They have not updated these numbers yet, but I know it was his fourth home run of July, and obviously uh, we're just about three weeks into the month, so could add on there. And uh, Dom Smith, by the way, is rostered in 65% of CBS leagues, so might be out there in some of the shallowest of leagues if you think there's a chance that he can turn it back on, which... I was very excited about Dominic Smith coming into the season. It hasn't really come to fruition until now. Uh, Before we hit the news and notes, just want to thank everybody for watching us live on YouTube right now. It is very late here on the East Coast. Uh, And thank everyone who came to hang out for our live Q&A stream earlier on Monday night. And just a reminder that you can subscribe. At YouTube.com/slash/FantasyBaseballToday. So if you're just catching this video for the first time, or you usually watch and you haven't subscribed yet, please do subscribe. Tap that notification bell. You get notified every time we go live, or when we drop a new video, like our Fantasy Baseball Today in Five podcast, which usually come out sometime around 3 a.m. It's very late or early, depending on where you are. And speaking of Fantasy Baseball Today and Five, you can download and follow FBT and Five, and this very podcast as well. Fantasy Baseball Today. On Spotify, there have been some kind of weird things going on with Apple Podcasts the past month or so, Uh, so just a reminder that on Spotify, you can download and follow both of our Fantasy Baseball Today podcasts. All right, news and notes from Monday, we had quite a few IL placements, starting with Brandon Crawford, this one kind of came out of nowhere. Had no, He has an oblique strain. Manager Gabe Kapler expects Crawford to need between 10 to 14 days to make a full recovery. So it's actually not as bad as we've seen for some oblique injuries. So it sounds pretty mild there for Brandon Crawford.
0: Hour. Don't, so don't, don't be surprised if it's longer, though.
1: For sure. Hour. by the way, breakout shortstop for this season. <laughs> there wasn't many names oh, to choose yeah. from. And that's who we went with last week. Uh, Jazz Chisholm. Who was Scott's breakout second baseman to this point? Also went to the IL with a bone bruise in his left shoulder. He'll be shut down for at least ten days, and it and it looked pretty bad. He was his arm was just kind of like went limp when it happened. So probably yeah. could be.
0: It a, looked it looked bad. Don Mattingly said it didn't sound good yeah. in terms of uh, I guess the prognosis. So yeah, Jess Chisholm, he keeps getting hurt. It's not good. Not
1: good at all. Alec Manoa went to the I.O. with a back bruise. Manoa was still able to play catch on Monday, so may not be looking at a lengthy absence there. From Manoa, Gavin Lux.
0: Yep, he apparently fell down the dugout steps.
1: Oh, come on. Come on, Manoa. Get it together, bud. Well, I hope he's all right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like it doesn't sound like a big deal. It just, I don't know. Yeah, well, I don't know why that detail was necessary, but you know who else I felt, saw it and wanted to share it.
1: You know who else fell down the stairs earlier, even before the season, was Robbie Ray. Look how that turned out for him. So
0: mm, It's true. Lucky I, lucky steps there. You know,
1: now that I'm thinking about it, it's kind of like a Toronto Blue Jays pitcher thing. So come on, guys. Take it easy. Gavin Lux <laughs> went to the I.L. with his left hamstring. Garrett Cooper went to the I.L. with a sprained elbow. Mike Trout, we're waiting, tweeting out emojis telling us he might be back in Oakland, where the Angels are currently playing well. Mike Trout said that he ran at 90%, but still doesn't know when he'll begin a rehab assignment. Shane Bieber played catch on Monday. It was his first time doing so since he landed on the IL. So some nice positive news there from the Beebs. Tyler Glass now continues to feel good after playing light catch again for Tampa Bay. John Means will return on Tuesday and start for the Orioles against the Tampa Bay Rays. Scott, if you... Have John Means in a daily lineup
0: league. Are you just throwing him right back out there? I think I think you must. I'm a little nervous about it, to be honest. I'm I'm a little worried about John Means in a in a post sticky substance world. Not that I'm accusing him of anything directly. I just, you know, you, you have your suspicions about everybody. Sure, but
1: um, it, it it doesn't help when we had video of his hand sticking to his glove earlier in the season. So,
0: <laughs> no, that doesn't help. No, no, I'm starting him in every league I have him, and uh, just hoping for the best. And if it backfires, so be it. I've I've made my bed with John Means. We mean business together. And we forge ahead. I
1: was <laughs> like, where is this going? <laughs> 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 All right, so basically that was a long way of saying, yes, you could start John Means if you yes. play in a daily lineup league. Corey Seager could be activated from the IL as early as Wednesday. He'll be evaluated again on Tuesday for the Dodgers. After originally being listed as a starter on Monday night, Mookie Betts was scratched from the starting lineup due to that right hip irritation that he's been dealing with. Jack Flaherty is expected to face hitters this week. He's coming along quite slowly as he works his way back from a left oblique strain. Luis Robert will begin a rehab assignment Wednesday at High A Winston Salem. Salem. He's been out since early May with that hip issue. Robert is currently 73% rostered. Should that be 100%, Scott?
0: Yeah, I think it should. I mean, if he's about to begin a rehab assignment, people were too slow to to reclaim Eloy Jimenez, and now he's on the verge of returning. Mm -hmm. and uh, Luis Robert might just be a couple weeks behind him. Those guys really, it seems like both are going to beat their timetables, so that's great to see.
1: Carlos Carrasco will report to AAA Syracuse for another rehab start on Tuesday. Buster Posey was reinstated and batting third on Monday. He hit a two-run bomb off of Tony Gonsolin in his first at-bat. Dodgers pitching prospect Josiah Gray is expected to be promoted to the Major League team on Tuesday. They don't know exactly what his role is going to be yet. He's 30% rostered. And we spoke about him a little bit on our live stream Q&A, Scott, but you're not running to go add Josiah Gray right away.
0: No, he didn't make it to five innings yet since returning from a shoulder issue. You know, make it to five innings in the minors. And um, it's not like Clayton Kershaw's expected to be out for long. You know, I, I don't think the dodgers are going to push him hard enough that he it could be one of those situations where he just impresses so much that they have to find a way to keep him around moving david price to the bullpen or whatever I, I just really i don't see it playing out that way for gray i see him going maybe four innings if not as a starter then as a bulk reliever following an opener or whatever and um and maybe being sent back down right afterward maybe it gets another chance to do it but you know barring another injury that leaves that opening in the Dodgers rotation for longer, I don't think he'll have a chance to build up to a point in the majors where he can be, he he can make a real impact in fantasy. It doesn't mean, you know, in deeper leagues where there's so little out there pitching-wise that's interesting, you can't take a fly around him and hope for the best. You know, that's fine. But like in a standard 12-team league, probably would not be my first choice among pitchers on the waiver wire.
1: Mike Moustakis was seen taking grounders on Monday. He's been on the I.L. for two months with a heel injury. He's 67% rostered if you have the space to stash somebody, but there's a lot of players being stashed right now between both of the White Sox outfielders, Chris Sale, Carlos Carrasco, and just massive amount of injuries in general. So I find it pretty hard to, to hold on to Mike Moustakis, but there's an update for you. Justin Upton is starting a rehab assignment at AAA Salt Lake on Monday. Monday, which means that he already started it. So bad job, Frank, for not updating that that verbiage. Uh, Mike Zanino left Monday's game due to left hip flexor tightness. And we do have some trade deadline rumors. According to John Heyman, there is keen interest in Nelson Cruz. Uh, Heyman listed the Rays, Blue Jays, and Oakland A's as potential landing spots for Nelson Cruz. And according to Pat Regazzo, Regazzo, Regazzo of SI.com. The Mets are looking to make a big splash at the trade deadline with Chris Bryant and Jose Barrios representing two of their top targets. Don't really have any prospect updates, but thought I would tell you that Jaron Duran went one for six with his first home run of his career. He also added two strikeouts on Monday. He is currently 67% rostered. Does that number sound right?
0: 67%? 67%. Yeah, I think that's about right until he, you know, obviously if if he performs well, it needs to go up mixed bag in this game. Great to see his first major league home run, but only hitting six bats, two strikeouts, as you pointed out. And the home run itself was like a wall scraper to the opposite field. It was like an accidental home run. Like mm-hmm. he hit it and then he ran hard because <laughs> wasn't expecting it to go over the fence. Right. I, you know, there was a time when every opposite field home run was impressive. And it's like, wow, look at that guy. He can't hit it out the other way. But that, <laughs> that day seems long gone. And now it's like less impressive to see that, I feel like, than like a like a home run we saw from Gavin Sheets tonight where like right off the bat he knew it was gone you know
1: that was awesome that home run was awesome a three run walk off bomb for Gavin Sheets the first pitch that he saw from Jose Barrios in the 8th inning of a no in the 7th inning of a doubleheader so it was the final inning so nice awesome shot there from Gavin Sheets all right did you know have some random fun facts or maybe not so fun And we're talking about Randy Rosarena. Did you know, Scott, that over Randy Rosarena's last 21 games, he is batting 167 with zero homers, zero steals, and five caught stealing? Hmm. Did you know that?
0: I did not know that. Sounds like a really rough stretch for Mr. Rosarena.
1: Yeah, it is indeed. On the season, is batting 308 against fastballs, 179 versus... Breaking pitches and two hundred versus off speed pitches. So crushing fastballs this season, but struggling mightily against uh breaking and off speed stuff. On the season, he does still have double digit home runs and double digit steals. Uh obviously we're not looking to drop him anywhere, Scott, but you might want to think about benching him for now until he comes around. It's just it's tough because if you do it in a roto league and you miss out on like a home run and a steal for a week or whatever it might be, you know he has that kind of upside.
0: Yeah, and I wouldn't say we're not looking to drop him. Anywhere, because in a, a points league, I think he's pretty fringy. Yeah, he's uh, probably... not a lot, doesn't walk much. Obviously, Well, the strikeout rate and walk rate could both be worse, but neither one is great. And obviously the steals aren't critical in a, in a points league like they are in a categories league. I'm trying to see what his head-to-head points per game mark is. So 2.67 coming into today's game, uh, that's basically Avicel Garcia, at least in point points per game Yikes. so yeah definitely definitely pretty fringy
1: yeah I don't know that there is a player that has a bigger discrepancy between their Roto and head-to-head points value normally it's Adalberto Mondesi and if he ever returns he probably will reclaim that throne but
0: a Rosa well, Reina the first one I think of usually is Carlos Santana actually just the other way where he's yeah yeah that makes great points and fringy and Roto
1: all right, so yeah, if you have a Rosarena and a points league, uh, pretty fringy there based on how bad he's been uh, the past three weeks or so. Did you know this, Scott? Tim Anderson's average launch angle launch angle is 3.7 degrees this season. In July, it's up to 9.4 degrees. So not exactly tripling it, but he has increased it quite a bit, and that's helped him hit home runs in three straight games For Tim Anderson, Uh, on the season, he's got a 56% ground ball rate. And in July, that's all the way down to 36% with both the line drive rate and fly ball rate up over 30%. So, uh, Tim Anderson, the power looks like it's going to come around here, Scott, with the Mm -hmm. increase in launch angle.
0: And he's homered on three straight days. I guess it's not three straight games because there was a doubleheader today, right? Yeah. So that makes sense. I mean he's he's been killing it in July, and it's not like he was having a bad season before then, but uh, you know definitely a step back from 2019 2020 where he more you know he, he had become this year more of like a second tier shortstop than you know one of the real studs at the position.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: maybe maybe he'll go on a surge that gets him back to true stud territory. I mean he's still batting over 300. Yeah. The expected batting average isn't nearly as high as the previous two seasons, so I've been a little more suspicious of it, but third straight year batting well over 300.
1: Yeah, his isolated power, his slugging has been down quite a bit until this recent stretch of home runs for Tim Anderson, but yeah, you're right. I mean, he's still batting 314 on the season, 14 steals, 59 runs scored. Of course, the RBI a little bit lower because he's leading off for the Chicago White Sox, and... I was very excited about him coming into the season. I think he's been probably a little bit of a letdown, but still, to give you 14 steals at this point is pretty nice there from Tim Anderson. All right, Scott, did you know? Akil Badu, over his last 48 games, he is batting, this is including Monday night, where he went two for five with his seventh home run. Akil Badu's last 48 games, 322 batting average, three homers, 12 steals, nine doubles, two triples, a 14% walk rate, 22% strikeout rate. Akil Badu, we talk about him a lot. That's because I think his roster rate is still too low. It's 55%. What do you think, Scott?
0: Yeah, it's been a tough nut to crack because this was only his third home run since April, and that's that's not enough. I mean, in, like the most encouraging thing is in, in, in the whole line is that the strikeout rate, which was just a disaster in April... It really knocked him off course after those awesome first two weeks. Uh, that's That's gone way down. That's gone way down since April, and you've seen the rise in batting average since then. So that's encouraging to see. He's showing the plate discipline that he had in the minors, that he showed in spring training. And he's running, which, you know, for five outfielder roto leagues, that's that's probably enough to get him in your lineup at least when there's not a bunch of lefties on the schedule. I just wish we would see more power. You know, three home runs since April, one home run a month. I mean, if he was playing every day, uh, it might be a little different. Obviously, David Fletcher doesn't provide any power, and and Badu provides more speed than he does. But I don't know. I, I still see him as Badu is pretty fringy, even though I like some of the underlying treads. Like, I I feel much better about his dynasty value than I did at the end of April. I can say that for him, but in terms of how useful he is right now, I don't know.
1: Well, what if I told you this, Scott? Over the last 28 days, Akil Badu is averaging 3.1 fantasy points per game, which is Mm -hmm. the same amount as Teoscar Hernandez, Starling Marte, and Yordan Alvarez
0: yeah I mean all those walks help all those walks help I mean you're you're still talking about an above average point per game amount during what is his hottest stretch of the season Mm -hmm. right Um, I wanted to double check on the playing time to see if that's gone up recently and let's see the numbers against lefties are still brutal and it looks like he's sitting most of the time against lefties not every time yeah I don't know I don't know. I think, I think maybe he's a little undervalued, but I'm not quite ready to say he's he's Jonathan India in terms of being undervalued. Remember when Jonathan India first started reaching base a lot and he moved up to the leadoff spot for the Reds and it took a while to get his roster rate up to about the 80% level it is now? Yeah. I just think Badu is a little short of that. He needs to improve the playing time. He needs to improve the power. But he's close. He's close, and I, I feel good about the direction he's headed.
1: All right, next up. Did you know that since the start of May, Josh Bell is batting 283 with 11 home runs in 62 games? That is a 26 home run pace over the course of 150 games, which is not a great amount. Uh, but Josh Bell's 85% rostered. Scott, would you feel comfortable having him as a starting corner infielder in a Roto League? Anything shallower than that, or...? Is Josh
0: Bell just fine? He's meh. He's meh, I think. I, You know, it feels like he's been a lot better since April, but even then, since April, entering today's game with the home run, 285 with an 830 OPS. I mean, those numbers are fine, but from a guy who's not quite playing every day because Ryan Zimmerman keeps horning in, you know? Yeah, I, I think he's pretty fringy, Bell is.
1: All right, Josh Bell, fringy but maybe it's just because I have him in a 15-team Roto League. It feels like he's playing much better than he is, but I guess it's just...
0: Well, 15-team league, yeah. fine.
1: Yeah, anyone you know? anyone could look good in that format. So,
0: yeah. If but, you have him... I'm, go ahead. You know, Patrick Wisdom had a big game today, three hits and a homer, and I suspect now that Jack Peterson's gone, certainly if others get, get shipped out, I, I expect Patrick Wisdom's playing time issues are going to be no more. And, like, in a Roto League... Wisdom versus Bell. To me, that seems pretty close, like a pretty close call. Like I feel like Wisdom's going to provide more power in all likelihood. I know he's much more available than Bell is.
1: Well, it's funny you bring up Patrick Wisdom because he was the next one that I have here. He went three for four with his 14th home run in just 47 games this season. That's a 44 home run pace, over 150 games. Did you know that Patrick Wisdom's 10.9% Barrel per plate appearance is tied with Kyle Schwarber and Raphael Devers this season. So he strikes out a ton 39% strikeout rate. Can't dispute that. But when he puts the ball in play, Patrick Wisdom absolutely crushes the ball. He's 35% rostered, Scott. What should that number be? It sounds like you think he's under rostered.
0: Yeah, uh, probably about 50. Let's say 50. Most of the Roto Leagues. I think that would be about 50%.
1: All right, well, how about if I pit two sluggers from Chicago up against each other, Scott? Who would you rather have, Patrick Wisdom or Gavin Sheets, who hit that three-run walk-off home run off of Jose Barrios? It was his fifth home run of the season. 21% rostered is Gavin Sheets. He's got first and outfield eligibility. I kind of like the profile so far. It's a small sample size, 12% walk rate, 23% K rate, 556 expected slug. Gabby Sheets is 20? pretty interesting.
0: Oh, because he struck out three times tonight. I, w- I was going to say that K-rate, 23% K-rate stat you just gave, seemed too high. Because, oh. yeah, he he had not been striking out much at all.
1: All I have is updated numbers, Scott. All I have is updated
0: uh, numbers. Yeah, well, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> I was looking at outdated one. Yeah, I like the profile a lot for Sheets, too. But with Aloy Jimenez... To return, and and it sounds like Luis Robert might not, might be close behind him. I don't know. I don't know if the playing time is going to get any better for Sheets, and it's already not quite every day. So, I think in a roto league, I'd I'd want wisdom more, and I'd want Josh Bell more. If you could guarantee me full time at bats for Josh uh, for Gavin Sheets, it'd be, it'd be a different story. But I I think I think all of those guys belong about in the same range.
1: All right, so we do like Gavin Sheets, but we do like Patrick Wisdom a little bit more
0: than him. And you know what yeah, else we like? Yeah, I, I don't think there's much to like about Patrick Wisdom for points leagues, to be clear, because that strikeout rate is so high. But I, I just think he could be a straight-up masher for you down the stretch.
1: Yeah, that strikeout rate's killer, man. <laughs> Nearly 40% strikeout rate for uh, Patrick Wisdom this season. And I was just getting ready to tell you how much we like Patrick Wisdom. We also like... Express Clothing. We've got to tell you about the awesome clothing from Express. We've talked a bunch about their different styles, but maybe you just need something to wear for the summer, going out to the park, a cookout, a baseball game, whatever it is, head to Express. They have all different kinds of comfort bottoms and shorts. You'll specifically want to check out their comfort waist chinos, joggers, and drawstring shorts. I can vouch for the elastic drawstring waistband. Which allows for all day comfort. Great for looking sharp while staying relaxed. And I can't recommend their polo shirts enough either. I'm wearing another one of them here. It's very nice. Very nice. Really enjoy it. One of a kind. Graphics, fresh colors, and summer prints, so you'll always stand out. Plus the softest fabrics you'll ever feel. Yeah. Like this. It's kind of like a stretchy, you know, fits right to your body. It's it's really <clears> nice, man. It's light too. It's definitely nice to wear during the summertime. You don't have any. Heavy clothing on your body there. We encourage all our listeners to be on the lookout for great summer deals in stores and at Express.com. Express confidence. Express you. Let's get back to some fun facts for fantasy baseball. Did you know that Luis Arise is leading off consistently once again again for the Minnesota Twins? And over his last 28 games, he is batting three forty, six doubles, 3 triples, 19 runs, and exactly... Zero home runs. 37% rostered is Luisa Ariz. Second base, third base, and outfield eligibility. Anything to see here, Scott? It's, it's hard because he doesn't offer anything other than really batting average and, and runs scored, but um, yeah. it's a very high batting average. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's obviously not a particularly high ceiling here, but he, you know, he, he could do the sorts of things David Fletcher's doing, and, uh, and that has value, especially with that kind of versatility.
1: And he is much less rostered than David Fletcher at this point, too. So it's more so, you know, if you play in a deeper points league, we talk a lot about the standard roster size here where it's just second base, third base. There's no corner. There's no middle. It's only three outfielders. But if you do play in a deeper points league, um, you know, my home league, we use four outfielders, a corner, a middle. Then Luis Arise is someone that, that should be rostered in a league like that. And if you play...
0: Well, I, to, to I wanted to double check this because I knew this was the case earlier in the year. Arias tends to sit against left-handed pitchers. Mm -hmm. So that would be a key distinction between him and David Fletcher, even though I think that the batting profile is very similar. So, you know, it doesn't doesn't mean he's useless, Arias, but Mm -hmm. I I would put him a step behind Fletcher for that reason.
1: Oh, 100%. And I just, I mean, the way Fletcher's playing right now, he's just... He's out of his mind, right? It's yeah, batting average over 400 or something like that since the middle of June, so he's just absolutely been crushing it. But if you do play in a little bit of a deeper league and someone like Fletcher is not available, then Arise is the next man up in that same mold. And from one leadoff man to another, Alcides Escobar, <laughs> who used to play for the Kansas City Royals, that's right, that Alcides Escobar, has been leaning off for the Nationals, a team that has the second best weighted on-base average over the past 30 days. So lots of run scoring opportunities. He's heading ahead of Trey Turner and Juan Soto in their lineup. On Monday, he goes two for three with a walk. Three runs scored. He's batting 316 and 827 OPS. He was out of baseball, and all of a sudden he's back, and he's leading off for one of the hottest lineups in baseball. He's 2% rostered, Scott. So obviously a deeper format here, but anything to see see Alcides Escobar?
0: I, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any staying power. So, if you want to, if you want to ride the hot hand in a deep league, I can't necessarily blame you. But you're, he's not a long-term solution for you. <laughs> All right. I look. I play in some 15 teamers. I think
1: he might be available in your 24 team head-to-head points league, which tells you everything Probably. you need to know about Alcides Escobar. Yes. But some cheap batting average and run scored right now while he's hot. I have three starting pitchers here that. Are a combined four percent rostered. So, man, we are we're digging deep here. But uh, did you know any of these starting pitchers before Monday? Because I really didn't know anything about these guys: Griffin, Jacks, Spencer, Watkins, and Jake Woodford. Who? Exactly, that's right. Griffin Jacks started for the Twins. He was at the White Sox. Four innings, one run, six strikeouts. Uh, Spencer Watkins started for the Orioles. uh, Six innings, one run, seven strikeouts against Tampa Bay. And Jake Woodford was up against the Cubs. Started for the Cardinals. Five and two thirds, one run, six strikeouts. The deepest of leagues here, Scott. But Jacks, Watkins, Woodford. Do you know anything Man, about these guys?
0: We are really going deep here today. <laughs> I, I had heard of them all before recently, and I had looked at their minor league pages, their, their minor league history. I was not impressed. <laughs> I was not impressed by any of them. None of them were big strikeout guys in the minors. And um, I, don't think, I don't think having good starts here on Monday really changes their outlook for me. They're they're just kind of they're just kind of organizational depth guys. The one who kind of caught my attention was was Griffin Jacks of the Twins. And he may have the least chance of sticking around actually. But you know, only went four innings, one hit allowed, six strikeouts, 16 swinging strikes on 68 pitches. Four on the fastball, seven on the slider, five on the changeup. So, you know, just beyond the fact he kept runs off the board. Like he really seemed to have the White Sox fooled here. And, you know, go looking even further under the hood, his fastball has a high spin rate. It's a high spin fastball. It was up a h- 1.2 miles per hour in this one from his previous major league appearance. I, I don't know what to make of that. But bottom line is good spin on the fastball. Seems like it could be a pretty good swing and miss pitch. But again, you look at that minor league track record, not a lot of history of that. Uh, he's 26 years old, so you know it's not like he's some up and comer, really. I don't know. After Zach, after the whole Zach Thompson thing with the Marlins, they, it pays to keep an open mind when you see a guy missing bats like that. Just, just kind of keep the name Griffin Jackson in the back of your mind. I don't think there's probably nothing here, but it the start was interesting beyond just he allowed one earned run in four innings.
1: I do agree that of these three, Griffin Jax, Spencer Watkins, and Jake Woodford, Jax was the one that intrigued me the most. Former third round pick, twenty six years old, career in the minors, three one seven ERA, one one eight WHIP. Those are pretty good numbers. None of these guys really had great strikeout stuff in the minor leagues, but uh, yeah, look if you play an AL only, Jax and Watkins. If you play an NL only, Jake Woodford. Those are some names there uh, that you can look at adding, and it, we're probably. One J Hap start, like one more blow up start away from him getting DF 8 or something. So maybe, maybe that's I, I don't know. He's,
0: he's been, he's kind of alternated great starts with t- terrible ones, has J Hap. So I don't know.
1: I know he got blown up his last one, but. Yeah, he did. All right. I'll take your word for it, Scott. Uh, but that might be the path for Griffin Jacks getting into the rotation. So again, just, just remember the name. We're going to take a quick break, but when we return, what happened in LA? We'll let you know next here on Fantasy Baseball Today. Well, one of the best starting pitchers in fantasy baseball this season, Kevin Gosman, marched into Chavez Ravine and wasn't very good. Three innings, three hits, two runs, three walks, five strikeouts. I would be willing to bet that this is the shortest outing of the season, though I will confirm that in just a second. So not used to what we're seeing from Kevin Gosman here. Overall, I'm not very worried. The pitcher on the other side of this game, Tony Gonsolin, up against the Giants. The juggernaut that is the Giants, by the way. Three and a third, five hits, three runs, four walks, three strikeouts. More walks than strikeouts in this game. He has only gone five innings in one of seven starts. He's pitched eight times this year. One of them was a relief appearance where he didn't go five innings in that either. Makes sense. It's a relief appearance, whatever. Fastball velocity was down one mile per hour in this start here for Gonsolin. I don't know, Scott. I mean, we keep talking up Gonsolin and I'm, I, I hear you I know what his upside uh-huh. is and I saw what he did last year in the past couple of years and I, I think that there is a really good pitcher somewhere in there with Gonsolin it's just
0: we really really have not seen it to this point I don't know about that I dispute that I dispute your claim here Frank I this was ugly this was ugly against the Giants and fastball velocity being down one mile per hour you know I, I don't know if if that's something we need to worry about going forward, but probably didn't help. But he's been trending the right direction before that. So previous four starts going back to June 25th, four innings, one hit, one run, seven strikeouts. The next start, three innings, two hits, one run, four strikeouts. He did have three walks during that one, but that was his worst start during the stretch because the next one was five and a third, two hits, no runs, three strikeouts, and then last time out, four innings, four hits, one run, six strikeouts. Um, he threw 80 pitches in this one. He threw 83 pitches in the previous one. So the the pitch count has been building up two in a row now with 80 pitches. And, you know, those stat lines, one after another, they're, they're really strong. They're short, but strong stat lines over short four or five-inning stints in uh, the four starts leading up to this one. So obviously they've had him building up on the job. And it's taken a while. It's taken longer than I hoped it would, but he, he is trending the, the right direction as as far as that goes. And, you know, even with this kind of blow up here against the Giants, his ERA is still 283. I don't know. I, I think he's worth holding on to. Tony Gonsolin is still... Let's see what this roster
1: rate is. 85% roster. So a lot of people are holding... The ERA you mentioned is still at 2.83. How about this? Does this matter to you, Scott? His xFIP fip is at 5.01, and he typically pitches more so to fly balls, but this year it's it's up even more, actually. He's up around 47% fly ball rate. Swinging strikes look pretty good, over 13% this season, but he's falling behind in counts. First pitch strike percentage is down. Almost six walks per nine to this point. I want to hold. I'm with you. I like. He was great last year. It's just even the underlying numbers don't look very good for Tony Gonson right now, so it's tough.
0: Fair, uh, and it would be inconsistent of me to say the xFIP doesn't matter in his case yep. to me at all, but worth pointing out, rookie season 2019 pitched 40 innings, 293 ERA versus a 490 xFIP. Last year, pitched 46 and two-thirds innings, 231 ERA versus a 380 xFIP. You You mentioned he's always kind of a a fly ball pitcher and and fly fly balls a high fly ball rate is going to be bad for xfip that's that's part of the formula but he might be one of those weird pitchers that his fly balls aren't so bad <laughs> so if yeah. they end up being outs and that, that they end up actually being a good thing for him
1: he pitches in a good park for that too so obviously pitching out there in, in Dodger Stadium and Yeah, maybe he's just really good at home run suppression regardless of allowing as many fly balls as he does. So yeah, you're right. That is a consistent theme with him where his ERA is consistently much lower than his XFIP. All right, we'll hold. We'll hold for now, but we've got to start to see something. We've got to start to see something from Tony Gonsolin. It's so interesting. that The Giants lineup, they're currently up 7-2 against the Dodgers, and you just look up and down this Giants lineup, and it's just a band of misfits that are just getting it done. And it's look, all the credit to the Giants right now. And it's a fun season for their fans too. But man, it's I don't know how they're pulling off what they're pulling off, but they are doing it. So shout out to the Giants. I've got the drop meter for some starting pitchers um, outside of Tony Gonsolin. I guess he could have been in this mix. And actually I did this because I wanted to pull up uh, and see if this was Kevin Gosman's lowest... Ending total of the season and it was his shortest start of the season so all right it was his first start back from a family medical emergency so uh, maybe that's part of the reason why he's limited here the drop meter for some starting pitchers ross tripling could have put him in oh my goodness gracious he recorded one out he gave up four hits two walks six earned runs he has 10 earned runs over his last two starts that is just four innings pitched 53% rostered it was fun while it lasted right scott
0: Yeah, I wish I'd stood my ground with Ross Stripling. I'd been disregarding it, and then I read an article about oh, he had a pitch tipping issue, and he fixed it. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah. (laughs) Nope, 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 nope. Let him go. I might just, I might just clip.
1: I might just clip that sound of you going. (laughs) 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 It's pretty good. I enjoyed that. All right, so he's fifty-three percent roster. We can drop him. Everywhere? I mean, how about in, in a 15-team league? Would you drop him there as well?
0: Um, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't be afraid to. All right. You know, there's a good chance starting a reliever is going to be better for you. you going to pay off more. Start an Andrew Kittredge or something like that.
1: <laughs> Jonathan Loisega, when he returns for the Yankees. This one's a little bit facetious. He just had a bad start, but... yeah. It gives us a reason to talk about him. Kyle Gibson at the Tigers. By the way, I keep bringing up those Tigers, man. They are not the matchup that they were earlier in the season. They are a pesky bunch right now. So just keep that in mind when you see them on the schedule for your starting pitchers. Kyle Gibson at the Tigers in this one. Five innings, 10 hits, eight earned runs. And even after this dreadful start, he's got a 2.69 ERA and a 1.13 whip on the season. So
0: we're not dropping him, Scott, but... No, of course not, but... It is two bad starts in a row. It's not just an isolated one. The URA has <laughs> jumped from 198 to 286 in those two starts. Still a 393 XFIP. Doesn't strike out many guys. Good ground ball pitcher, but I, I mean, I think he's a clear regression candidate for the second half. Between the XFIP and just the history, I, I I feel confident saying that about Kyle Gibson, and we may be starting to see it. And we have talked him up as
1: a sell high candidate before. Someone like Gibson mm-hmm. and Anthony Descalfani, who have these awesome service numbers, but surface numbers. But some of the underlying stuff says that they've they've been very fortunate this year. And by the way, you did say it correctly, Scott. He has a 2.86 ERA. So I stand corrected. I said 2.69. So uh, you are right there, sir, for Kyle Gibson. Casey Mize, another one where he, he's pretty good. Four innings, one hit, but he only goes four innings. Uh, that's now three straight starts where he's gone four innings or less. Still 84% rostered. drop meter Scott.
0: I would say about a f- four. See, here's the thing. I did some research tonight because I'm writing an article about pitchers who may be facing an innings limit. And uh, I looked into Mize and Scooball of the Tigers, who are both on the list. Mm-hmm. This is not the, the rest of season plan for him. Apparently, they're right around the all-star break here. They're going to ha- have him throw only three or four innings at a time. But then there's going to come a point late July, early August, where they start letting him go however long he's able to go again. So keep that in mind. The, the plan, they, they do want to try and get him all the way through the season. But as opposed to shrinking the innings, making it... You know, like a, a consistent shrinking of the innings till the season's over. It's kind of a pull him back here for a while and then let him go again. That's the plan.
1: It's definitely easier to hold on to him in a roto or categories league because even when he pitches, he's he's still pitching well. It's just if you play in a points league, that lack of volume is, is definitely going to, uh, it's going to hurt you there. For, for Casey Mize, so a four on the drop for Scott. Yeah, let's say a five. Let's say a five. Five. All right. He's still 84% rostered, so maybe in some shallower leagues you can look to drop him, and would you look to drop him for someone like Caleb Smith, Scott, who just had a pretty good start against the Pirates on Monday, six and two-thirds, six hits, two runs, two walks, seven strikeouts. Are you falling for it?
0: I mean, his x is pushing five, <laughs> and it's one of the worst swinging strike rates he's ever had, so no.
1: Wow, Scott, where's the consistency here? You like Tony Gonsolin with his five (laughs) x fit, but not Caleb Smith. Come on, man.
0: Well, yeah, a little more to it than that, but yes, of course.
1: Fair enough. Uh, For Caleb Smith, I haven't actually looked into what the swinging strikes were. Eighteen in this start, Scott. All right, all right,
0: all right. Let's see what
1: happens. Yeah, 18 18 swinging strikes on ninety three pitches for Caleb Smith here. So Hmm.
0: I didn't see the updated number. That's uh, that's a good swinging strike start, but it's still a low rate. uh, he, he he had a very low rate entering this start, so at least need to see more of that.
1: All right, so we're dropping we're not dropping Mize from. Would you drop Tripling for Caleb Smith?
0: I think it's six one a half dozen at the other. Yeah, I mean, yeah, pro- probably wouldn't hurt too if you're really worried about losing Smith to somebody else in most leagues. I don't think it's an issue though.
1: All right. We had some dingers on Monday, some notable dingers. Nelson Cruz hit his 19th. Trey Turner went two for four with a triple and his 18th home run of the season. Yohan Moncada has now homered in back-to-back days. That is not games because they had a doubleheader on Monday. He still has only seven homers and two steals in 82 games, so he's making more contact. The underlying numbers look okay, but he's still just kind of meh. That's Juan Moncada. Uh, Yordan Alvarez hit his 17th. Fran Mo hit his 16th. Paul Goldschmidt, he's hot. Two for five with his 16th home run. Uh, Ramon Laureano hit his 14th. And Matt Olson, 24th home run of the season for the big lefty out there in Oakland. Uh, Some leftovers from Monday. Got a bunch of stuff here, so I'm just going to bounce around a little bit here, Scott. And if anything catches your ear or eye, then feel free to jump in. Lance Lynn up against the Twins. Seven inning. Seven innings, five hits, one run, only four strikeouts. Still, the ERA down to 1.94. The whip at 1.02. Miguel Rojas went three for four with his fifth home run. 45% rostered. He's pretty fringy, not very exciting there for uh, Miguel Rojas. Does lead off against left-handed pitching for those who play in deeper daily leagues. John Lester actually hit a home run in this game. It feels feels like everyone hit a home run for Washington (laughs) uh, in this game against the Marlins. But he went seven shutouts, six hits. Seven strikeouts. Even with this start, he's got a 4.99 ERA and a 1.65 whip. So
0: his previous three starts were all just awful, awful starts. So, uh, previous four actually, yeah. So, no, I'm not, uh, I I don't think you should change your stance on Lester because of the start.
1: Austin Hayes went three for five with a run and an RBI. He's 30% rostered over his last 15 games, he's betting 327 with three homers. However, uh, he mashes left-handed pitching. He's got a 947 OPS and only a 625 OPS versus right-handed pitching. So, numbers look pretty good recently, Scott. 30% roster for Austin Hayes. Is that too low? Just right? I think that is probably about right. His teammate Trey Mancini went two for four and has five hits over his last three games. So... He had a really rough June, uh, but bouncing back a little bit here in July for Trey Mancini. Jose Barrios at the White Sox. He was absolutely dealing. I think they just left him in there too long. Uh, he was pitching into the seventh inning. Four hits, five runs, eight strikeouts, 16 swinging strikes on 94 pitches for Jose Barrios. Saw some nice games from J.D. Martinez. Went four for four with two doubles. George Springer went three for four with a double himself. Ahmed Rosario, my man, he's heating back up. It's right. Eight hits with a stolen base over his last four games. I wouldn't have blamed you for dropping him. He he was pretty cold for the past month or so. But if you lost Lindor and you need some speed, I think Amanda Rosario is gonna provide that. He's forty percent rostered. Nice little shout out from Tyler Naquin. He had five hits on Monday, five for six with four RBI, but he has really slowed up himself. Fifty five percent rostered Scott. I think that's probably too high for Tyler Naquin.
0: I would agree. All right,
1: Shohei Ohtani and Cole Irvin have themselves a nice little pitching matchup here, pitcher's duel. Uh, Ohtani goes six shutout with eight strikeouts, 14 swinging strikes on 96 pitches, and then Cole Irvin, seven shutout, seven hits allowed, only three strikeouts, only six swinging strikes. I don't really know how he does it, Scott. Maybe pitching in OCO, nice big old stadium there, helps him out, but he's got a 3.42 ERA and a one one eight whip for Cole Irvin this season.
0: So he doesn't have the history like Tony Gonsolin does. But like the only thing I can figure is maybe he's good at home run suppression as well. Less than one per inning, that's a good rate, despite him being a fly ball pitcher. And so, you know, 463 XFIP, that's more than a run higher than his ERA. More than a point higher than his ERA. So, you know, obviously he looks like a major regression candidate. But And, and, and for a while there, let's see, what month was that? June? it seemed like it was happening, but then he's come back around three earned runs or fewer in seven of his past eight starts. Cole Irvin has put together here. So, um, you know, not a lot of faith in him, but particularly since he's RP eligible, I can understand why you'd want to roster him in a points league.
1: Yes. And Cole Irvin is 73% rostered, so still might actually be Hanging around there in some shallower points leagues, so if you want to pick him up with the SPARP eligibility, I think that makes some sense. But we'll throw him in that similar bucket with Kyle Gibson and Anthony DeSclafani, where we do expect regression coming for all three of those pitchers rest of season. The calls to the pen, some bullpen updates for the Twins in Game One of their doubleheader. Taylor Rogers was used in the sixth inning to face 2, 3, and 4 in the lineup in a tie game. Hansel Robles would pitch later on. He gave up an unearned run, but did grab his 10th save of the season. For the Mets, Edwin Diaz blew a one-run lead, and he now has three blown saves in his last three relief appearances. So, I don't even know who would be the next person up. Seth Lugo was the setup man. He pitched the inning before Edwin Diaz in this game, but his numbers are inflated. He had a really bad outing over the weekend as well. Uh, If anything were to happen to Diaz, Scott, do you think it would be Lugo?
0: I don't know. Yeah, I was wondering that too. Trevor May actually works the eighth inning more consistently than Lugo has been. So he would be a candidate as well. But neither one of them has put up closer caliber numbers. I mean, you could argue even with this rough patch, Edwin Diaz's numbers overall are better. I know the ERA is higher than, than Trevor May at this point, but... Yeah, I I would be surprised if they were thinking about making a change there anytime soon. Trevor May, by the way, it's funny you bring him up, Scott, because he did pitch
1: later in this game once they grabbed the lead and picked up his third save of the season in extra Ah. innings there.
0: So. So there you go. A name to remember. Obviously extra in a game, but still.
1: (laughs) Trevor May, name to remember. Uh, For the Astros, Ryan Presley got his 17th save for Oakland. Lou Trevino pitched two innings and picked up his 15th save of the season. Joaquin Soria for the Diamondbacks picked up his fifth save of the season. To stream or not to stream for Tuesday, Tyler Anderson at the Diamondbacks. Dane Dunning at the Tigers. Shane McClanahan versus the Orioles. Mike Miner at the Brewers. Eric Lauer versus the Royals. And Paolo Espino versus the Marlins.
0: I think Shane McClanahan was the only one we were willing to recommend yesterday, right? Yes. I
1: did add Paolo Espino to this group because he's facing the Marlins. And they just made John Lester
0: look good. (laughs) And Espino's ERA is actually fine this year. But he's a 34-year-old, you know career minor leaguer basically who doesn't have swing and miss stuff so i would not trust him
1: i do agree with that i like mcclanahan the most in standard leagues if you play in a deeper league tyler anderson and espino are are the ones i would look at again only in deeper leagues for wednesday to stream or not to stream michael waka versus the orioles chad cool at the diamondbacks madison bumgarner versus the pirates eric Fetty versus the marlins Jordan Lyles at the Tigers and Brad Keller at the Brewers. No, I got to stop putting the Tigers in here if I keep saying how good they are. So I, I've got to stop
0: it up. They still have a bottom 10 offense in OPS. Um, but, you know, I guess it's gotten better. Brad Keller at Milwaukee. I feel good about that one. I, I like, I'm buying into the turnaround for, for Keller. And he's gotten his mechanics back in order, staying on top of the ball, which is important for, for a sinker baller like him, especially. Confidence in the slider again. Two really good starts right before the All-Star break, and this is a great matchup against the Brewers. So Keller, I can give a full-throated endorsement to. The others would only be half-throated endorsements, but Madison Bumgarner against the Pirates. Michael Waka against the Orioles. Uh, neither of them seems so bad.
1: Hey, I mean, Caleb Smith just pitched against the Pirates as a left-handed pitcher and had... What did we say? 18 swinging strikes. So yep. yep, maybe maybe that's a sign of things to come for Madison Bumgarner in that game against the Pirates. All right, Scott. Team name Tuesday. We got to wrap it up and we've got to redeem ourselves. Are you ready? I hope so. We actually I I don't have that many. I only have looks like four team names. So oh. continue to send those in if you want to want us to read them on the air. Fantasybaseball at cdsi.com This one's from Pat in Ohio. I know Watkins Ryu did class A bummer. <laughs>
0: Okay. I follow that. It looks like nonsense. You have to say it out loud for it to, for it to come across, which not everybody's going to do in your league. They're just going to be like, what is this combination of names? And they're not going to think about it anymore. I so I actually, the,
1: I appreciate the ones that use way too many names and, and they're still pretty
0: clever. So <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I have an appreciation for it, but the bottom line is it's going to go over most people's heads.
1: Uh, fun fact i've never seen the movie i know what you did last summer so not well, surprising
0: there not n- not missing much in that case
1: all right it's a little a little bit worse than ferris bueller's day off scott
0: uh yeah all right yeah. <laughs> these
1: are from rosenberg lars newt Barr is a star
0: no clue what that's from is it just, are they just rhyming or is it, it's got to be a reference to something, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, I Google all of these beforehand just to make sure that they're PG and to see what they're a reference to. I couldn't find anything.
0: Lars Newt bar. Like, if you're going to go the Newt bar route, you ha- it has to be snack related or like IKEA related or both.
1: Break me off a piece of that, Lars Newt bar. There you go. That's pretty good. Uh, this next one, we need the funk. Hauser. Gotta have that funk, Hauser. We need the funk, Hauser. Okay. <laughs> it's a little. I
0: know it's a little too easy. Right? I,
1: I tried to jazz it up a little bit with, I, with my singing I like ability. To be critical
0: here. <laughs> okay. This is what I do. This is what I do when I try to come up with my own team names. By the way, which is why I don't try that hard anymore because I talk myself out of all of them.
1: All right. This last one's from Omar, and I believe that he either emailed. Put it in the email where the subject was. This isn't very good, but I'll send it in anyway. Tyler the Creator, do you know what that's a reference to? I. It sounds familiar, but no. Tyler the Creator is a hip hop artist.
0: Okay, I'm sure I've heard of him before. Yeah, but
1: you know, I've never dabbled. You know how- I've never dabbled much myself. Although I listen to all different kinds of music, but uh, I heard he has a, a new album out. I think I'm gonna check it out. And with that. Good spot to wrap up here. For Scott, I I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Baseball today. We'll be back again tomorrow. Bye-bye. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home.